Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church located in Katy, Texas. If you're in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing that faith with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message. God bless your week. Dear brothers and sisters, in our Lord Jesus Christ. It happens sometimes, doesn't it? Some families have problems. Maybe words are said, harsh, hurting words, or maybe something is done. Cruel, treacherous actions. And suddenly, or maybe gradually over a period of time, a rift develops between husbands and wives, or brothers and sisters, or parents and children, or in-laws, or ex-husbands and wives, or step-parents and stepchildren, just about any relationship that there can be. And the result is that there is resentment, ill feelings, so that there's no longer talking to each other, no longer meeting together. And this can go on for days or weeks, even months or years. And any family that has been been spared from this problem, family problems, count your blessings because you are in the minority. Now the question is, what can be done about it? Well, in church, we hear a lot about God's forgiveness. In fact, we heard it just a few moments ago, that in Christ, you are forgiven. But we know that still we are Sinners, we disobey God, we ignore his will, we say things or do things that hurt our Heavenly Father, and we do that daily. And yet every day, every day, God forgives us. Oh, how we love to hear that pure gospel message of God's forgiveness in Christ without any strings attached. It's unconditional. We love to sing, Chief of Sinners, though I be, Jesus shed his blood for me. Yes, each day we thank God for his mercy and his love and his forgiveness. And just as God forgives us so completely, he asks us then to forgive one another in in the same way. In the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, we, we ask, Father, forgive my sins as I also forgive the sins of others. Yes, our prayer is that God would give us that strength and help 
to forgive others in the same way he has, unconditionally, with no strings attached. Now, maybe the best example of family forgiveness in the Bible is this account here in Genesis chapter 50, the account of of Joseph uh, after their father has died, how Joseph forgives his brothers. Let's look in on that scene. Now, Joseph, you know, was a member of a dysfunctional family. His father had more than one wife. In fact, Jacob had four wives. And not only did the wives not get along, but the children didn't either. Thirteen of them, twelve sons, one daughter. Joseph and Benjamin were the youngest sons. Now, Joseph was a young man who lived his faith. But his older brothers, they were mean, they were cruel. They befriended the unbelieving Canaanites. They lied to their father. They they murdered a whole city when one of them violated their sister. But they found special joy in hating Joseph. These were the sons of Israel, the family that God had chosen to be his own. Talk about the grace of God. That, that's amazing grace. Now one day the older brothers, out of the watchful eye of their father, determined to carry out their hatred against Joseph. They threw him into a cistern and would have left him there to die had not some traitors come by and they sold their brother into slavery. Now, I don't know what's happened in your family, but I can't imagine it's been anything like that. Well, because of the actions of these brothers, Joseph, uh, well, he lost his home. He lost his parents, his father, his mother, his respectability. And he was sold to an Egyptian master in Egypt. And there it got even worse. Joseph was falsely accused of committing adultery, and then he was thrown into prison and left to die a second time. Now, Joseph had every reason to be bitter against others, against a lot of people, but he was not. You see, for Joseph, it all turned in knowing that the Lord was with him. Joseph found favor in the eyes of Pharaoh after interpreting uh, some dreams that Pharaoh had with God's help. And as a result, Joseph was placed in command of the food distribution during the, the famine that was to come, a famine that came right on schedule just as God had predicted. And Joseph was second in command of all of Egypt next to Pharaoh himself. Well, to make a long story short, uh, because of the famine, the brothers of Joseph had to come down to Egypt to buy food for themselves. And from whom did they have to ask for help? Well, Joseph himself. But they didn't recognize him. You see, it had been almost 20 years since they had seen their brother. And Joseph, to test them, gave them a hard time. He accused them of being spies. And we read in Genesis 42, 
they said to one another, Surely we are being punished because of our brother. You see, the brothers of Joseph learned one of life's lessons. The troubles often have a way of revealing past sins. Yes, when the famine came and they had to go and purchase bread, little did they realize that the Egyptian that they were speaking to was their very own brother. And think of the horror, the guilt they felt when they realized and Joseph revealed who he was. Yes, know this. Your sin will find you out. It will be uncovered. It will be exposed. If nothing else, and at least those feelings of guilt that we all experience from time to time, which is the worst emotion that we can experience in this life. Yes, what a bitter thing sin is. It keeps on biting. It keeps on stinging. Even when we know we're forgiven, even forgiveness, and we know that God forgives all of our sins, still even forgiveness is a hard time of removing that sting, of removing that bite. And the consequences at times can be overwhelming. They continue to haunt us. I mean, for these brothers, how were they to know that by throwing their brother into a cistern and selling him into slavery, that one day they would have to face him again face to face? How were we to know that by disrespecting parents or others in authority that it may bring trouble into our lives? How were we to know that by lying to others it would lead them to mistrust us? Well, we should know because the Bible is full of examples of where sin has brought anguish and hardship and difficulty into people's lives. Yes, we can know this. Our sin will find us out. Don't be deceived. God, God cannot be mocked. Uh, unfortunately, some don't get that. And as a result, they will experience the effects of sin in this life and some in eternity. Well, the time came when the father of this family uh, died, Jacob died. And so he left instructions to the, to the brothers, his sons, that, that asking that Joseph would forgive them. And so the brothers got Benjamin to plead their case for them before Joseph, asking that they would forgive, that he would forgive. They said, well, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? Yes, when you feel your guilt at times, it can be overwhelming, and for them, fear filled their hearts. And the only thing they could do is to get down on their knees and beg for mercy and forgiveness. And so look at what they did. First of all, they found someone to plead their case for them. Yes, 
they asked that Benjamin would go to Joseph and seek his forgiveness. They were looking for an intercessor. And that's okay. We, we do the same thing. We go to Jesus and ask him to ask his father to forgive us. As Jesus, our brother, the one who was tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. And does his father hear him? Well, absolutely. We are forgiven because of Jesus' work in our behalf, that great work of redemption. Well, second, they express their regret for their sin and they ask for forgiveness. Verse 17, we read, Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. Yeah, this is good. This is what we do too when we go to God in, in, in repentance. We ask him to forgive us and, and we do that every day. David said in Psalm 32, I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And third, they sought to change their sinful ways. They said to Joseph, we are your slaves. They were no longer going to live just for themselves, but they were willing to put their lives into the hands of their brother Joseph. And we do the same. We no longer live for ourselves, but we live for him who lived for us and died again and rose. Yes, we become Christ's servants. Now it would be that there are some of us here today who need to acknowledge our sin to someone else. And maybe it is a family member or a friend. We've wronged them and we know it. Well, there are times when we can try to justify what we've done. We can look for excuses or reasons why we did it, or we may even shift the blame to them. The brothers of Joseph may have thought at first that uh, Joseph was just simply getting what he deserved because, well, when he had those dreams and he got them into so much trouble, they thought, well, he's just getting what he has coming. But when we sin and know it, that's when God is looking for us to carry out these three steps. First of all, to look to someone who can plead our case. Secondly, to acknowledge our wrong. And third, to ask with his help to amend our ways. Now, is that hard? Of course it is. Humiliating? Absolutely. But what if they don't accept your apology? Well, we don't have control over that, do we? Others may not accept our apology, but God will. And what peace comes to us in knowing that God fully forgives? Jesus once said, if you are offering your gift at the altar, in other words, you're coming to worship him, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, and for good reason, you've wronged them. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother or sister, then come and offer your gift, and God will accept your worship and praise. 
Well, who knows? They may even forgive you. Joseph did. Verse 19, we read, But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Now, what do we have here? We have free, unconditional, no-strings-attached forgiveness. And that's how God forgives us. The prophet Micah once wrote, Who is a God like you who forgives sin and pardons transgression? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. Not in the shallows where they can come back and haunt us, but in the very depths where they are gone forever. Corey Tenboom was a concentration camp a survivor, and she wrote a book entitled Tramp for the Lord. And in that book, she describes what God's forgiveness is like. She says, When we confess our sins, God casts them into the deepest ocean, gone forever. And then God places a sign out there that reads, No fishing allowed. Yes, God forgives and God forgets. Jeremiah 31, the Lord is speaking. He says, I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Yes, God does what at times we find hard to do. That is to forgive and to forget. Years ago, there was a woman who was reminded by a friend of a wrong that she had suffered some years before. And the woman looked at her and said, I'm not sure what you're talking about. I distinctly remember forgetting that. Now, maybe for some of us, it's too soon to forget, but it is never too soon to forgive, is it? Why? Because Jesus tells us to. He says in Matthew 6, If you forgive other people their sins when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive your sins. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now, Joseph showed his forgiveness to his brothers in a very tangible way. He told them that from that time on, he would care for his brothers and for their families. A pastor was speaking to a a member of his, a man who had been very active in the church, uh, but he had stopped attending because of a rift he had with a fellow member. And so the pastor reminded him how important it is that we gather together to hear the word of God and also to forgive. And so finally, reluctantly, the man agreed. And he said, I'll come back to church but you tell him to sit on his side and I'll sit on my side. 
Now, that's a limited forgiveness, isn't it? No, God wants us to forgive completely without any strings attached. So what if they don't even ask for forgiveness? Now, in the case of the brothers of Joseph, uh, they did ask for mercy and Joseph forgave them. But we know that when Jesus was on the cross, those who placed him there, did they ask? And yet, what were the first words to come from Jesus' mouth from the cross? Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Yes, this is that wonderful truth of the Bible that God has declared the world forgiven. And the reason that some people end up in hell is not because God hasn't forgiven them, but because they refuse that forgiveness through unbelief. Can we, God's sons and daughters, do any less? I mean, if there is one person in the world that God did not forgive, then, well, we're not obligated to forgive them either. If there's one person that God did not love, then, well, we're not obligated to love them either. But all the others we are. And we do know that God's love extends to all. No, Joseph would have forgiven his brothers even if they had not asked, because as Joseph said, am I in the place of God? In other words, am I the one that dispenses forgiveness and punishment? No, God does. And the second reason was, because God works things for good. Yes, Joseph was placed in a position there in Egypt to bring about saving good for many people, to save many lives through the famine, in spite of what the brothers had intended. And for this family from whom the Savior would one day come, there was great blessing. Yes, when we know God's providence over our lives, even during times of difficulty and hardship, then it becomes easier to forgive, doesn't it? And so what if they truly and sincerely ask for forgiveness, but then, well, they do the same thing again? Do we forgive them, what, maybe seven times? No, Jesus says 70 times seven, an unlimited number because that is the way that God forgives us. Yes, Christian forgiveness is ongoing and it is complete. Now there's one footnote to all of this and that is we know that ongoing, deliberate, intentional sin cannot be condoned. And so that may warrant a, a rebuke uh, in a gentle way, but there may come a time when there is a severing of relationships. In the church, we call that excommunication. In families, it may be a disassociation. But it is a judgment call that a family needs to make in the whole 
in the hope that there will be repentance and restoration and renewal. And so, my friends, who is it that you may need to forgive? The best time to do that is, is now. And the best reason is because Jesus forgives us. Amen. We know your time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you be so kind as to click to follow our show and give us a five-star rating? That's a quick and easy way to help us get the message of truth out to more people. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.